0: welcome to your strata property the podcast for property owners looking for reliable accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source to access previous episodes and useful strata tips go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au hello and welcome i'm amanda farmer and i have with me today Rena van elst hi Rena. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I am very good. Thank you. Lovely to have you with me. This is one of our Rena and Amanda in conversation episodes. And how's your week been, Rena? Yeah, it's been pretty busy, which has been good. Yep. Yeah, so quite enjoying the pace now, but all good. Excellent. We've been busy too. We've had some litigation on, and certainly when lawyers are in court and you sort of have anywhere between two day, five day, sometimes two week hearings, you have to be fully focused on that particular case. And unfortunately, it means that some other things start to back up. So now that we're moving into this part of the year, we've had a little bit of that going on, but that's okay. That's what we like. And uh, keep it coming. <laughs> Great. So what's been frustrating you this week, Rena?
1: Yeah. So this week, I actually had a prospective client who asked me, what the provisions are relating to changing managing agents. And I sort of delved into what were the reasons that they were not happy with their current agent. Mm -hmm. And I actually know the firm quite well. They're a good company. But unfortunately, I think they've had just too many people servicing that particular scheme. Mm. And obviously, with changing over, there's a loss of sort of knowledge and sometimes there's been advice that hasn't been correct. Mm. So I think, especially with the new act, I think if people have new staff and that probably compounds any issues that may be existing already so I suggested that they actually speak to the licensee in charge and see if they could get another person and unfortunately they did speak to the to the licensee in charge but mm. they weren't able to come to any agreement about a new strata manager mm. so the interesting thing about this they, they said'na I mean, but we had an, an an AGM last year in September and We've already signed a three year agreement because basically, that they, you know, last year many agents were sort of trying to put through some of the contracts with the provisions under the new Act under Section 50. So Mm. said, Well, send me the agenda and the minutes and send me the actual agreement. And they said, Oh, we didn't sign the agreement. I said, Was there an agreement with the agenda? And they said, No. So anyway, I looked at the documents they had sent me and, um, I don't believe they actually do have a valid agency agreement even Mm -hmm. though they have passed a resolution which just basically said that they were reappointed. It didn't really say anything more than they had prior delegations. So I was just wondering, Amanda, what your thoughts and views were on that because I believe really that they have to rely on the old agreement because this agreement hasn't been executed and wasn't even issued. Yeah.
0: Well, the interesting thing about strata management agreements is that the legislation is quite strict about how they are entered into that they need to be agreed in a general meeting, that there needs to be a delegation of the authority that's being granted to the strata manager and that needs to be recorded, that they need to be executed and that a copy needs to be provided. Now, my view off the bat is if you don't meet those requirements, then you don't have a valid agency agreement. So it's a little bit different to where you might be talking about contracts generally where we as lawyers say, look, there's a number of elements to a contract just because it may not be in writing or it may not be signed doesn't necessarily mean a contract is not valid. I take a different view with strata management agency agreements because the legislation is so prescriptive. It has those conditions. If those conditions are not met, then it's quite likely that agreement's not valid. I'm with you on that one.
1: Yeah. And I think also too, there's another provision about serving a copy on the owner's Corporation within 48 hours of execution. So mm. if it wasn't executed, then even that provision hasn't been complied with. So yeah. under the Property and like Business Agents Act. So I think there's been a twofold issue there. So mm.
0: It's certainly something I would recommend though that they do get specific advice on from a yeah. from a strata lawyer specific to their situation. Yeah. It's not something that um there's a lot of money at stake for both sides, and yep. it's not something that you want them to take on in their own hands, make assumptions, and make the wrong no, call. So, no.
1: So, I think I think the first thing that I'm going to advise them to do is just to go back and say, well, we don't believe we have a valid agreement based mm. on these points, and just see how they go. Because obviously, if a relationship has broken down, maybe the other the agent might say, okay, let's just call it a day. You know, mm. three months' notice or whatever. There could be an amicable mm. um, termination of the agreement. But yeah, we'll see. Definitely. Um, I will let them know to get legal advice if there is any inkling that, that there's going to be pushback from the managing agent in respect of any prospective termination.
0: Mm, yep, that's my recommendation. Well, my frustration this week, and I, I spoke about bylaws a few episodes ago and I'm going to talk about bylaws again. They seem to be a frustrating thing at the moment in Strata Land. The registration mm. of bylaws under the new law here in New South Wales Many managers would or should know this by now, land and property information, which is where we register our bylaws, they want consolidated sets of bylaws lodged. So any anytime that you are resolving in a meeting to add a bylaw, repeal a bylaw, amend a bylaw, you then go off within six months, that's the new time period, within six months you must register that change with the LPI. And when you lodge your new bylaw or amended bylaw, it has to be accompanied by all of the other bylaws, so one whole set of bylaws. Now, many schemes don't yet have a consolidated set of bylaws. They don't have one single document that contains all of their bylaws. Some schemes do because they have Mm. very organized strata managers or committee members, but a lot of them don't. So their bylaws are sort of in dribs and drabs, a document here, a document there, And they get sent to us for registration and we have been going back to the strata manager to say, thanks for this. We will register it, but we need to register it as part of a consolidated copy. Do you have a consolidated copy? And if not, would you like our help to put that together? And some managers say, yep, go ahead, put together a consolidated copy. I'll send you all of my various copies of the bylaws and you can have your assistant paralegal put all that together. And others say, we don't, but we're going to do it ourselves and have their strata assistants uh, spend a few hours putting those together. Now, the interesting question that came up this week, who should pay for this exercise? Mm. Where a lot owner is, for example, renovating their bathroom, they're affecting waterproofing, so they need to have a bylaw. The bylaw is resolved in a meeting, it then needs to be registered so the owner can go ahead and do the work. And we, acting for the owner in the registration, say to the strata manager, please send us a consolidated copy of the bylaws. They say they don't have one. We say, well, we charge about 250 bucks to put the consolidation together for you. It's really a a typing exercise, takes a few hours for our assistance. And they say, well, that's fine. Do that if you want, but we're not paying for it. Your client is the one, the lot owner, who wants the bylaw registered. They should pay to get the consolidation done. And it's something I wanted to put out there and ask you, Rena, Mm. is that right? Do you think the owner's corporation should pass the buck on to the lot owner? What do you think is fair in that situation?
1: No, I think the fact that the owner's corporation has to have a consolidated set of bylaws now under the new act means mm. that they should be doing it anyway and so this is just probably just bringing that process forward and yeah. therefore, yeah, they should definitely not be charging the owner who has a right to have a consolidated set of bylaws provided to them.
0: Mm. Yeah, that was my view and for exactly that reason. It's, it's an obligation of the owner's corporation now to keep a consolidated set of bylaws, just because the first time that you've had to deal with that obligation is when a lot Mm. owner is registering a bylaw doesn't mean that that lot owner suddenly becomes responsible to carry out your duty and to pay for that. So I'm interested to hear any contrary views that might be out there. So, Amanda, if you don't get that set of bylaws,
1: you know, within within six months, which mm. is obviously the new requirement, so yes. what happens then? I mean, are you just able to register it by itself or how does it work?
0: If What would the LPI do, do you No, think? well, you can't register a bylaw after six months from the meeting assuming no you talking- yeah but I mean but
1: let's, let's say you get to the meeting just before six months you, you don't have a cons- consolidated set of bylaws can you just go and register it on its own? No without- they
0: won't they won't accept it they just oh, won't yeah. accept it So if you're let's say the way I would frame it is to say the bylaw lapses within after that six month period. So if you can't get it registered and LPI refuses to register it without a consolidation, then you're going to mm. have to go back and hold another meeting.
1: Yeah, so I think this this is a good example to our listeners out there that for any scheme that's listening, that you really should get onto this. You know, now it's only been what three or four months since Mm. the Act has um, been proclaimed. And I think a lot of us probably don't understand the importance of having a consolidated set of bylaws. So I think for people listening out there, managing agents and even strata committees, just make sure that this is undertaken. And as you said, there are lots of people that are doing it either themselves as managing agents just charging at an admin alley rate or mm. lawyers doing it or what. so I suppose whatever is the most time effective and value for money method should be mm. taken if you I mean sometimes I don't believe a managing agent probably has the resources or um, you want to make sure that there's no mistakes it as well because yes. if the bottle has been omitted in the consolidation that's another problem as well if you've just given it to your junior typist in the office to, to do and you haven't Checked it thoroughly, yep, that could be an issue as well. So maybe getting professional people to do it is the way to go. It's a one off thing anyway. So,
0: yes, as much as I don't like to put myself in the firing line, I do say at least if you've got a lawyer involved, you've got someone else to blame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, and I think one of the issues that's holding people up, committees in particular, from getting this done is that they know they have to review their bylaws by the thirtieth of November this year, so twelve months from the new legislation coming in. And we've had some committees say, "Oh, Mandra, I can't be bothered doing a consolidation because we're going to do a bylaw review and we'll sort it all out then." So they're waiting until they complete that process. And the message I want to send is, uh, as you are, Rena, don't wait. Mm. Get your consolidations together. The fact that you want to do a review is not a, a legitimate excuse. It's not good enough for LPI. Mm. Go ahead and do those consolidations. It's a typing exercise for somebody. And mm. uh, don't pass the buck onto your lot owners. Not really a good yeah. look. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Definitely not the way to go. Okay. Excellent. So, what's gone well this week? What's your win, Rena?
1: Well, I actually had an owner contact me about an exclusive use area issue that he has in his skin. It's a block in in the northern beaches. and basically photos pretty much show that the area is adjacent to his lot and there's a fence. so really it's common property, but no one else can access it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Anna's Corporation granted the other lot owner on the other side of the block consent to have an exclusive use. Bylaw passed mm-hmm. for him to, but there seems to be some change in ownership within that scheme since that time. And now the Owners Corporation and the New Strata Committee won't entertain that at all. So mm. I've noticed that in the New Strata Living Handbook, there's actually a section in the mediation part where you can actually um, go to try and mediate this um, issue. Mm-hmm. So I sent um, this owner a copy of that sheet of that part of the strata living handbook, and um, I'm going to be working with him, hopefully, to be able to to um, convince the owners corporation that, in a sense, there's nothing like no one else can use the area, and at the moment, it's totally unmaintained. grass is
0: growing, and it just yeah. looks terrible. So, just going back to that strata living handbook, is that the new handbook updated with the new New South yeah. Wales law?
1: Yeah, and it's actually um I've got it here. It's actually um page 42 for those that have a copy.
0: And can you says, get it online or you order it? Yeah, okay. I know I've
1: actually downloaded it online. Oh, so perfect. I'll
0: get the link to that and make sure it's yeah. in the show notes. That's a really yeah. good handbook for our listeners.
1: Yeah, and on page 42, which deals with common disputes, it says how to obtain exclusive use of common property and then steps to resolve the issue number one, submit a motion to the secretary requesting exclusive use of common property. That's page 30. And number two, a common property rights bylaw must be passed by special resolution mm. and your written consent as an owner is also required. So I think this is a good way to show our listeners that this is now included in, in the current Strata Living Handbook. So mm. and it is one of the common disputes where people have – I tend to find in some buildings people say, well, they say no for the sake of no because why should I get something away? Why, could, why should that person have something that I don't have? Um. <laughs> sometimes people on the ground floor do have courtyards or areas that are common property Mm. that in a sense no one else can use. You wouldn't want to use it because you're sort of right next to someone's property and you can sort of see people, you know, sitting around in their apartments. Mm. But they just refuse to let anyone else have it. It's like if I can't have it, why should you have something more than me? And even if people wanted to offer some sort of remuneration to the Ants corporation um you know even though it, it's in terms of the value i mean what is the value to the arts corporation that land that no one else can access i mean mm. i don't think it's going to be that great so i just I yeah. think sometimes people have this mindset about not wanting to give away anything, anything that they don't have rather yes. than thinking yeah. well it's not being maintained no one else can use it this person could use it why not just grant them exclusive use and they have to maintain it and you know, undertake any repairs if necessary to that area. So, I just, so this is something that i Hopefully, we'll see how that goes. So, mm. I think that having it in that Strata Living Handbook has been a good thing because it helps to bring that issue to the forefront.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And an important legal point, I suppose, to remember there is that. Owners' corporations can't act unreasonably. So as you say, Rena, where they are refusing just for the sake of refusing, Mm. if this ever reaches the stage of litigation, that's not going to be good enough. They have to come up with reasons why it is not appropriate for this owner to have the use of that part of the common property. And unless they have those reasons and those Mm. reasons are logical and convincing, then it's quite likely I think that the tribunal would order – a bylaw, a common property rights bylaw, granting use of the common property to this owner, should be made.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that that would be the case also, Amanda. And I've actually seen pictures of the area, and no one can get to it, and the, yeah. grass, the grass is you know knee high. So something should be done about it anyway. Yeah. Even I mean, they should be maintaining that area at the moment while that area is still deemed to be common property, and the and the Strata Committee is, is refusing to do that also. So it's I think a two edged sword. In this case, it's I'm refusing to maintain common property. And also not allowing the owner, without any valid reasons, to have exclusive use of that area.
0: Mm, yep. Sounds like a good argument. Keep us posted on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, my win for this week, this one's a little bit of a, a personal one, but I want to share it with the listeners because I think it will resonate with some of our strata manager listeners out there. I was contacted directly by a strata manager this week. And let's say, we'll call her Sandra, we'll protect her identity, of course. And Sandra is a strata manager in regional New South Wales. She listens to the podcast and she's also a member of the YSP online community. And she has what sounds like a booming strata management business. She's on her own. She doesn't have any staff yet anyway. And she is really struggling to keep up, to keep up with the work, to keep up with the new work that's coming in, the requests that she gets from her clients, from her committees especially now that the new laws are in place in New South Wales and she's trying to keep on top of what all the changes are. Now, she contacted me knowing that I have been in the sector for a significant amount of time. I am very much an advocate for women and for women in business and she wanted to know if I had any advice on how to work smarter, not harder. And we ended up having a telephone conversation and first I congratulated her for reaching out and that was a wonderful first step because she was really at the end of her tether. She was saying to me, look, Amanda, I think I should, I should sell and I should get out and it might be time for retirement. And I said, no, don't do that. Never take those steps when you're in that kind of frame of mind. Uh, you've done the right thing by reaching out. And I think what you're probably suffering from is some isolation, not having those contacts that we might have in the big cities, not having those other women, other people to network with, to share your experiences with. And what I was able to do was to point her in the direction of some, some like-minded business people who she can turn to for support somewhere where she might be able to find a mentor, somewhere where she might be able to employ a consultant who can come in and put some systems in place in her business, some procedures, let her know what kind of software she should be using specific to strata. And I'm sharing this because I think it is a common frustration for overworked strata managers that they just don't know or can't see how they can get on top of it all. And I think just reaching out and talking to friends, colleagues, others in the industry and and discovering that there are others out there experiencing just the same frustration, the same stress, that can go a lot of the way to making you feel better and getting some direction as to where to go to solve your problems. And I think when you're in a regional area, those problems are all the more stark. So my message here is don't forget to ask for help when you need it, preferably before you need it. Those who are the most successful in life, I think, plan for problem periods and so that when they come up, then they're not all too difficult to deal with. So, a special congratulations to that particular listener for reaching out and I hope all is going well. Yeah, I think it can be quite overwhelming when you're in business because there are so many different facets to running a business, and um, I
1: think a lot of people perhaps embark on it without sort of knowing the ins and outs of everything. So I think professional help is a good way to go, Amanda, and perhaps getting some, maybe perhaps some part-time staff, just to alleviate yes. the load, might be mm. good for all those administrative tasks. Once she's got the procedures in place that were are put in by the consultant, that will I think help a lot with stress. I think.
0: Yeah, and it's that real key to working smarter, not harder. Sometimes you have to slow down before you can speed up so she does need staff and it was the first thing that I recommended just get an assistant who can you can delegate these particular roles to that she was struggling with which were classic for an assistant to take on and she said oh but you know I don't have the time I don't have the time to to find the right person Mm -hmm. and to interview and I said well that kind of thing (laughs) you just have to make the time. So stepping back and doing that planning and it's nerve-wracking because you've got to take time away from the business to do those kinds of things but the results that you then have once you put those systems in place will just be exponential.
1: Yeah, I think also people don't understand the effects of stress on the body. Oh, yes. So sometimes don't you, know, you think that you may be, you know, going – plain sailing, but the damage to your body in terms of stress is something that, that perhaps won't be seen for years to come. Mm. And by that time, because basically what happens with stress is that your your body's in that flight-and-flight mode constantly. Mm. Cortisol is being released from from your adrenal glands, and unfortunately when there's no – and the parts of the brain that deal with that, which is the prefrontal cortex mm. pretty much. Um, I'm not going into the scientific part. <laughs> this is your medical it, expertise? a lot of reading on that. I'm actually reading at the moment. It's actually called um, – on managing yourself. And these are articles, it's basically HBR's 10 must reads So it's a Harvard Book Review. Okay. And some of these articles have been written, Amanda, like, you know, 10 years ago, if, yeah. if not longer. And one that's really struck me is called Manage Your Energy, Not Your Time, because once you've managed your energy in terms of getting enough sleep, being organized, eating eating well, the rest of it will, will come into place. And some mm. of the time saving measures they talk about as like blocking, doing the best thing, doing the most complicated or harder task in the morning. Mm-hmm. First thing, blocking out time for emails and telephone calls. So saying, okay, I'll do one hour of emails now, one hour of telephone calls, for example. Because as we know, there's been a lot of studies that say that every time you get interrupted, it takes you two or three minutes to get back into that yeah. um, set mind. So I'd recommend this one actually. It's called On Managing Yourself, mm-hmm. HBR's 10 Must Reads. Um, Excellent. So, yeah, I would recommend that to anyone, our listeners out there, strata managers or any other professionals that are working in other professions where, you know, stress is prevalent in most of our working life mm. where there's high, you know, lawyers, accountants, I think a lot of us that are sitting at desks all the time. Oh, yeah, that's another put, killer, isn't it? Sitting yeah, exactly. sitting is the
0: new smoking, I heard. Yeah,
1: that's what they say. And so getting up, having a, a break for at least five or ten minutes, going for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, so it talks about all those things. And, and also the other thing I like about it, Amanda, it has like a little summary at the beginning of each. Of the chapter, so it has like idea in brief and then it talks about idea in practice. So Great. it's very short si- sized bits to read as well. So. Excellent.
0: Well, I'll look that up and make sure there's a link to that one in the show notes as well. So yeah. our listeners can get stuck into that. Awesome. Wow. What a value packed episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So don't forget to let us know what you think of this format. Amanda and Rena in conversation. Pop your comments into the comments section below this episode at yourstrataproperty.com.au slash podcasts and let us know of your questions or suggestions for topics that you'd like Rena and I to have a chat about. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for today, Rena. Thank you, Amanda. Bye. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property.